Well, hello, 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 and welcome along to another, I don't know, not not an episode really, uh, because the production values are so low and there's not really a, an agenda for this. This is another one of these little mini-sodes, I guess. Right now I'm outside, which is very unusual for me, I don't really go outside. Not a big fan of the outdoors. That's mainly because I live in Scotland, of course, and the outdoors can be cruel and harsh and unpleasant. And not just in Glasgow. It's Easter Sunday, and amazingly, the sun is shining. And and not just the sun is shining, but it's actually warm. There's a very light breeze blowing, and I am over on the west coast of Scotland, uh, a little place called Tyna Actually, I'm closer to Portavadi, which is sort of a village, I guess. There's a, a marina here where people with a lot more money than me bring boats and, I don't know, scrub their decks. I don't know what people with boats do. Sail? Yeah, I guess they sail, but anyway. So that's where I am. Uh, I'm at a little cottage with my family who have uh, headed off to the marina to go swimming in the fancy swimming pool there, and that's left me on my own with a little bit of time to kill. It's very beautiful here. I mean, it really is beautiful. There's hardly a cloud in the sky, and I can see hills and mountains and trees and plants and all sorts of stuff. I saw a deer last night, for goodness sake. So yes, here we are. So happy Easter, everybody. And I wanted to talk about a couple of things just now. First of those was I noticed on Twitter that it was the anniversary of the release of the Stone Roses debut album, which, of course, is not a Britpop album, but it certainly plays a a, a part, I guess, in the, the longer story of how indie went from the fringes and into the mainstream and certainly the Stone Roses second album is a Britpop album and Love Spreads is a key single in the Britpop story which is interesting because on an earlier episode talking about the Britpop top 50 tracks from my Queen Quaginta article I mentioned the fact that I wouldn't include Morrissey because Morrissey and the Smiths come far too early uh, to be considered for inclusion, despite the fact he released arguably his his best album, Vauxhall and I, during the Britpop era. And you could also argue he released a Britpop album in the shape of Southpaw Grammar. It was certainly a very um, rock-pop type of album, and Dagenham Dave was a really silly pop song, which would have fitted quite well in the Britpop story had anybody else recorded it but I, I wouldn't include him but I would include Paul Weller and similarly I wouldn't include the Stone Roses really certainly not this debut album because it comes too early and I think there's a case to be made that maybe they're not a Britpop band in fact I think they are not a Britpop band but they happen to release a couple of key records in, in the Britpop story you can make a similar case for people like James and the Charlatans too uh, anyway, so I can remember very clearly where I was when I first heard that Stone Roses album. I was at my friend Dave Evans' house in Kinghorn. It was a tiny little town in Fife. And Dave was always ahead of the curve. He hung out with uh, a couple of boys from a year or two above us in school who were hip to the indie beat. And they had introduced him to the Stone Roses. And he had a copy of the album. And I remember listening to it in his bedroom. And it was Waterfall that really struck me. I know it should be I Am The Resurrection because it's Easter Sunday as I'm talking now, but it really was Waterfall that struck me. Those those kind of chiming guitars and the 
the lyrics as well, that that whole first verse really resonated with me, particularly that bit about you know, race from this hole she calls home. My home wasn't a hole. I was very lucky. I had a very lovely home life. But the town I grew up in was the classic nowhere town. Nothing good was ever going to happen as a result of staying there. And I was very, very keen to get out of there. And that line in Waterfall definitely struck me and has stuck with me. So, happy Easter and happy anniversary. The final thing I wanted to talk about today, and this really will be a very quick little episode, uh, was the fact that um, Gazoo have released Volume 2 of their Britpop Top Trumps. So if you're not aware of this, you can head over to at Gazoo Shop, that's G-A-Z-O-O Shop, at Gazoo Shop on Twitter, and you can see what they do there. They have sort of Bowie Top Trumps, and they have a Britpop Top Trumps, and now a Volume 2 of their Britpop Top Trumps. That sounds like a tongue twister, actually, doesn't it? Britpop Top Trumps. Anyway, uh, this set of Top Trumps cards contains at least nine acts that I am saying are either not Britpop or only maybe Britpop or I don't know. So those bands are, and let's just talk through these here. The first one is The Audience, which of course is Sophie Ellis Bexter's band before she hit it big with um, sort of dancier tracks that that she she hit the charts with later on. Um, So The Audience were a great little band fantastic. A pessimist is never disappointed. If you can't do it when you're young, when can you do it? They were good. They were an indie band. I really liked Sophie Ellis Bexter's voice. I thought the audience were cool, and I certainly bought the album, and I bought their records. But I don't know if I would include them in in a list of Britpop bands. I've never thought of them as a a Britpop act. So they they are on my don't know list, though. I wonder what you think. Maybe you could uh, let me know when you comment on this uh, over on Twitter. Uh, The audience. I I don't know. Now, more controversially, I think, on my list of no, maybe, or don't know, is Ash, who I know a lot of people really love. A lot of people have got a lot of time for Ash. And I like some bits of Ash, and they're clearly a really great band, lots of good songs. But it's the Britpop thing. I don't know about Ash being Britpop. I, I have a feeling that they are... They have more in common with some of the grunge bands. Despite their pop credentials, Goldfinger, Girl From Mars, I, I get it. You know, they're a pop band. But there is something in me that says, I'm not so sure that they are technically a Britpop band. But then what does that even mean, technically a Britpop band? I mean, Britpop is such a nebulous concept. It's so difficult to define. You could get a dozen people who claim to love the era in a room and they would all come up with a a different answer to the question about the audience or, in this case, uh, Ash being Britpop bands. But Ash, they're on my, again, they're on my I don't know list. So you can let me know about that as well. Next up is the Lightning Seeds, who I'm saying are a British pop band, but I'm saying categorically are on my no list. They are not a Britpop band. Um, And it's difficult to say why, because again, they're a band I really love. They were a band who were there at the time. They were releasing records at the time. Um, They have a major role to play in one of the key events of the Britpop era, which of course is Euro 96, um, when England did so well. Came so close to winning that elusive tournament after 30 years of heart. 
But for some reason, I can't get there with the Lightning Seeds in terms of saying, yes, that's that's a Britpop band. Uh, so they are no. Lightning Seeds are no. Lightning Seeds are not a Britpop band. I have a feeling that some of you may disagree with that quite violently as well. I don't think there will be too many people who would disagree with me about the next band that I'm saying no to, and that is Gay Dad. Um, Cliff Jones, who really was Gay Dad, I think was an NME or Melody Maker journalist. And point one, they come a little bit too late in the story. Point two, they were a little bit too contrived. I think one of the great things about Britpop was that the bands themselves seemed, rightly or wrong, wrongly, seemed and portrayed themselves to sort of have arrived uh, fully formed. They, they, ju- they just appeared, whether it was these animal men, Jean, even Thurman or menswear, and I know people will disagree with that, they'll say there's nothing more contrived, or sorry, nothing less contrived than menswear, but I disagree. I, I think there was a, a charm and an innocence to a lot of the Britpop bands, uh, at least on the surface, but with Gay Dad, you knew that there was a certain element of contrivance. You knew that they had got where they'd got to because of Cliff Jones's access to certain people I would think, I, I may be wrong on that I, but I just don't see that as being a Britpop record, the Gay Dad album, it's a great album there's a lot of really great songs on it, To Earth With Love I really love, but no again, another one on my no list next now is The Beautiful South not a Britpop band arguably one of the greatest lyricists in English pop history Paul Heaton, a phenomenal character a bona fide English eccentric mega selling uh, arch and knowing lyrics poignant and achingly beautiful songs at times but not a Britpop band and I think Paul Heaton himself would shun that label more violently than anybody else and I include somebody like Luke Haynes in that so no, definitely no and now another one that I'm saying definitely, definitely no to are Placebo for all sorts of reasons um, not just the musical style because there were lots of different strains of Britpop bands and the sort of darker moments of Marion and um, Elka to the experimental side of things with the likes of Strangelove but Placebo for me were just a, a sort of goth rock band not not a not a pop band really uh, and I just don't see how they could be included in a, a list of Britpop bands so I'm saying no to Placebo you again may disagree and I would love to hear the whys and wherefores of that another one on my don't know list though is Republica of course had that fantastic female lead singer Saffron who had a great look, great attitude and they were certainly a great pop band but I don't know about the, the Britpop thing um, Drop Dead Gorgeous, great record. Could I hear that being played at Star Shaped? I don't think so. I might be wrong, but for me, Republica, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would err on the side of saying no, but I'm prepared to be persuaded. One I'm not prepared to be persuaded on is uh, Baby Bird. I don't think Baby Bird are a Britpop band in any way, shape or form not a band I've paid a lot of attention to over the years I, I know You're Gorgeous obviously and I know a couple of other tracks but they just never really connected with me I didn't really get it uh, I've got friends who really love them I love him uh, 
think that there's something really great going on there, but not for me, so that's a no. And now, finally, on this list of sort of nine, I think that's nine, bands that I'm questioning, most controversial of all, Radiohead. No, I'm not having Radiohead, and I'm not particularly interested in hearing your arguments why they are Britpop either. I think you are wrong, and I think I am right. That there, there was a complete lack of joy in anything and everything that Radiohead did do and are doing. There's, there's no, there's no light and shade with Radiohead. It, it all seems very uh, monotonal, if that's even a, a, a real word. Monotonous would maybe be better for me with Radiohead. That first album with Creep, Pablo Honey, that is just a grunge record. It's just a rock record, chock full of dirges, including Creep, which is a really miserable, awful, pessimistic song. Uh, it's, it's just as as um, just as joyless as anything that Nirvana did, including I hate myself. You know, I, w- I want to die. I'm not having it. Don't like it. The Benz is a very beautiful record, and is more accessible than a lot of the things that they did after that. And I own a copy of the Benz, and I do quite like the Benz. But it's not a Britpop record, and it's a record that I only go to on very rare occasions. And usually, it's it's our track. Fake plastic trees or high and dry, something like that will kind of fit a particular mood. But I could never love Radiohead. I think they're a musos band. I think they're sort of beard stroking men who really love Radiohead and, and get quite excited about some experimental, atonal, jazz fusion rock thing that they're doing I don't know it, it just didn't it just doesn't work for me so I'm putting Radiohead very firmly on the no list but I know there are going to be people who are going to disagree with that lots of you will disagree with that anyway there we go we, we reached the end of this uh, little mini show this little uh, rant from me I'm now back inside the cottage as I'm sure you'll be able to hear from the uh, different tone, different sound quality as we come indoors from outdoors. So I hope you've had a lovely Easter. I hope you've had Easter eggs, gone out on Easter egg hunts with your kids if you've got any, or just enjoyed the sunshine today. And once again, thanks for listening. If you want to follow me on the Twitter, it's at MildmanneredMax. You can also find my regular co-host, uh, Mr Nick Amies, at Nick underscore Amies. I would also strongly recommend you follow uh, Britpop Memories on Twitter. At Oasis Podcast 2 for a fantastic uh, Oasis content. Uh, who else would I recommend you follow? Obviously my very good friends at Starshaped. Uh, well worth a, a follow and well worth purchasing some tickets for their festival dates which are looming uh, later this year. Go and check it out. See who's playing there. Uh, in fact there will be an episode where Nick and I will be discussing exactly that not too far away from now. So thanks very much. You can also find uh, details of how to pledge and support me on Patreon on my Twitter page and I would be very very grateful if you could give that some thought thanks a lot have a good day